Real News. Honest and fun political talk weekly on the line 90.7 FM. Guess what's happened today? Oh yeah, Kavanaugh approved, confirmed to the Supreme Court and people are losing their crap over it. Like I expected that. Uh, I haven't been following much news and I expect him to be con- uh, confirmed. I said that on the show last week, so told you so. No need to brag, but just saying. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, he did get confirmed. There were protests in D.C. People were actually like knocking on the doors of the Supreme Court, like trying to disrupt like the swearing in ceremony. Like they're being total uh, dim uh, wits. And there's actually protests here. There were protests at the Allen Street gates, but I heard about it through a friend. I'm going to check Twitter right now to see what actually it looked like. But when I was having dinner uh, today, we, we went down to the Allen Street grill. And so, of course, you got to go by Allen Street. And when we go there, I'm walking and I see this person in a red robe with a white hat. And I was like, no, we got a Kavanaugh protester. And I was with my folksy, so I had walls of that. You know, that's pretty great. They probably more cosplayers like on DC and across the country than you see at like an average anime convention. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the cosplayers were out in full swing and some of them went all out. Like this person had the robe real well done and she was standing there with a sign that said midterms matter and she wasn't moving, wasn't talking, wasn't even breathing, I think. She was still as, you know, still gets. It was hilarious. And so I'm in the above, you know, in the Allen Street Grill, which is on the other side of the Allen Street Gate, you, you know, and I we got a window seat. So I, I was like, yes, we can watch the protests. It was so low energy. Not a single person other than the Handmaid's Tale person showed up. And she was just standing there for like maybe, well, from what I saw, it was about like 30, 20 minutes maybe. And she left. It's extremely you low energy. Like, you should have cuckolded her by like <laughs> cosplaying as some anime character and just like trolling them so, and get a bunch of other people to start cosplaying so I think it's like a cosplay convention. I should have whole science says make anime real again. Oh my God. Or, or Kavanaugh was uh, yeah, like, Trump and Trump why, v. Kavanaugh. Why do they keep doing this? What? <clears throat> Like, why they keep doing this cosplay stuff? Well, because The Handmaid's Tale, I haven't watched the show yet, but I know it's basically about, like, women getting oppressed by the patriarchy, by some, like, right-wing authoritarian regime. You know, and the women are forced to, uh, you know, make babies and that's it. And it's basically like white Sharia. Like, if white Sharia were a thing, you know, it would be, like, Handmaid's Tale. But it's pretty comical that they, like, the left has adopted this as, like, their, you know, their, their form of cosplay in protest of Trump. And I, I, would, I would have loved, I was so tempted to go up to him and been like, Jeb Bush uh, drew bigger crowds than you did. You know, I mean, it's pretty bad. Like, it was, I was surprised. Like, usually leftists here will get a, a decent crowd. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's a decent crowd of, like, 20, 30, maybe 40 people. Plus their children, you know, they always had to bring their children. They don't have a say in the matter. They just drag them to a protest. And, uh, you know, there's just one person there and it was very low energy. No chance. No, you know, Donald Trump, racist, sexist, anti-gay or any of that stuff. Or Kavanaugh, racist, sexist, anti-gay, Kavanaugh. Yeah, I don't even know. I can't think of a chant. Like they, they think of some pretty cringy, catchy, cringy chants. But I didn't hear any. So I was disappointed. And she moved uh, in a few instances. She like... I think she like scratched her leg or something. I was like, oh, come on. You're supposed to be still. Yeah, that's pretty crazy that they're doing that like everywhere. And the funny thing is I saw this like leftist meme recently uh-huh. where they were like saying because everyone keeps comparing Kavanaugh to, to kill Mockingbird, they're like, oh, you know, 
you guys are like just just repeating books and fiction, but the left does this all at like Harry they're Potter. Like, you should be using this as an example. But they yeah, they say <coughs> they say that Trump's like a vault the Voldemort president. And they say that, like, it's it, they keep using like leftist, like Star Wars things. Like, oh, Trump's the Empire. He's Darth Vader. Whoever the new guy is, I stopped paying attention after like, uh, right. what's it, episode seven? Yeah. Well, even like uh, Handmaid's Tale yeah, based on a book. Oh, it's a movie. It's like fiction. It's like complete fiction. That's like saying that, oh, Trump's like Mr. Gray from Fifty Shades of Gray. <laughs> You know, yeah, pretty, 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 probably is. I could see it like being that sort of like high testosterone guy. <laughs> I don't think but he's like, into the kinky stuff no. like that. So that I don't funny. know. I could see him because he doesn't do like drugs or drink or smoke or anything. He's probably like pretty freaky in the bedroom. Mm. He's got a lot of that energy. You can see by all the ladies that like he's probably banged over the years. You know. So what do you think I'm like? I mean, I'm a I'm a, a straight edge just as much as Trump. I don't, I don't know. I, you know, you bring some, you know, people over here, some ladies. Uh, you, you never know. Like, I mean, he's seventy <laughs> some years old. He's probably, he's probably pretty adventurous in his age. I mean, a lot of older people are surprising. You, you see, like all sorts of like, in like uh, things with like elderly people. You you find outbreaks of diseases at like nursing homes mm-hmm. because it's like frat houses for old people. You know, yeah, like pretty elephant much. Elephant house, I guess, because they're elephant elephants house. are old. <laughs> Not animal house, elephant house. Yeah. Yeah, you get anybody get that eighties movie no, reference? Oh god. Oh yeah, and that too. I know that's what you were referencing. I was referencing the movie Animal House, which is basically about college partying and frats and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I mean, the protests have been also kind of low energy in Washington. There's only like. It was kind of. I think Trump even sent a funny tweet saying like they could all fit in the front row uh, of my uh, rallies. You know, it was pretty funny. His rally, by the yeah. way, was funny. He had a great rally today. I saw a little bit of that on the Fox News. I was watching that, and like, yeah, they, like he's still packing in those people at the rallies. Like, I'm sad I never got a chance to go to one. There were ten thousand like, this it's rally. Like a, he still he still goes. I have to make it to one of them, but like it's very high energy, way more than any of Hillary's or even Bernie's. Yeah, like just so much people more than the protesters and people like you don't see this on like the mainstream media. They don't show you the, the full extent of the rallies. Yeah, they're gonna try to minimize it. They're like, oh, you know, only this many people went to uh, Donald Trump's elect like inauguration, but then look at how many rallies he has mm-hmm. like all across the country. You still see like thousands of people there and you know like probably hundreds of thousands you could if he had one at penn state i bet fill up the whole beaver stadium oh yeah i mean you know he he's able to pull a crowd no matter where he goes like it's pretty impressive and a lot of times like you know they they always have you get tickets they know how many they're expecting in case they have to move to another venue and many times they have to move to another a bigger venue because they get so many people and he was in kansas and this is his tweet that he sent out about the Kavanaugh protesters. He said the crowd in front of the U.S. Supreme Court is tiny. Looks like about 200 people, and most are onlookers. That wouldn't even fill the first couple rows of my our Candace rally or any of our rallies, for that matter. The fake news media tries to make it look so big, and it's not. He's right. Like they, I I saw Fox News like got a bunch of angles of it. There was maybe like a few thousand there. I'd say like two, three thousand. 
and Trump's rally had 10,000. Now, I know what people are going to say, oh, but, you know, that doesn't represent most people's views. Yeah, of course not. No, duh. But, you know, right-wingers tend not to protest, but they, you know, that's what's remarkable about the Trump rise is that you're getting so many right-wingers excited and enthusiastic now. I think this Kavanaugh thing is totally backfired on the Democrats, okay? That's the main takeaway we, we need to realize about today. The Democrats had a slight edge in enthusiasm going into midterms. They did. But after Kavanaugh, they lost all of that edge. They lost their edge. They lost their enthusiasm. It's now the energy has shifted to the right. The energy has shifted towards conservatives and Republicans and Trump supporters have all unified. Even never-Trumpers have been unified in backing of Kavanaugh. And there's been a bunch of never-Trumpers that said, you know what? I was considered never Trumper, but I'd vote for Trump in 2020 because of what they did to Kavanaugh. I mean, to put it in a better perspective, we have freaking Lindsey Graham defending Kavanaugh and defending indirectly and directly Trump. Lindsey Graham. This is a guy that's a neocon warmonger boomer that Trump like kind of, I won't say doxed him, but he basically gave out his phone number at a rally. You know, they hate each other, rightfully so. I mean, I hate Lindsey Graham. Trump supporters hate Lindsey Graham. But he, at that testimony, was spitting fire and fury like you've never seen before in defense of Kavanaugh. And now, now we have Lindsey Graham on our side. I mean, I've never seen the right this unified. Honestly, this is even more unified than 2016, where you had, you know, the outsiders and people that normally didn't vote and... Uh, you know, uh, right, you know, new millennials, all these sort of people uh, combined together on the right, including your traditional conservatives and traditional, uh, you know, uh, moderate right wingers. All these factions, you know, were under a common cause to get Trump elected, you know, and fight the establishment, fight the never Trumpers. But now even the establishment, the never Trumpers are on his side, at least for now. But I think this is a remarkable moment and you're seeing an energy shift. You're seeing uh, those blue collar workers coming out. And this is in October, guys. I know we have a month away, but if we can carry this energy, conservatives are going to come out in droves in November, and you're going to see conservative, uh, the Republicans either keep or gain seats. I think they're going to probably have the about the same margin as they do. They might maybe lose a seat or two or gain one or two, but I think it's going to be about the same. But this is really fascinating now because this blew up in the Democrats' face, and I think they're starting to realize it because now they're pointing the finger at Avenatti, blaming him for this. So it's really interesting to watch. Oh, yeah. I think this was definitely a bad idea for them to go and throw all this stuff at Kavanaugh. This, like, whole acute, like, accusers are always right, which is complete, you know, is facetious. Like, of, of all the crimes, like, sexual, like, assaults and rapes, they have among, like, I saw a report, they're among, like, the highest amount of false accusations with that, of, like, any of the crimes. Right. Like, particularly, like, dangerous crimes, because, like, rapes up there and, like, bad crimes, like, felonies. But, right. like, and another thing, too, is, like, a lot of these protesters that they have are paid. I know, like, I don't know if they're paid, but I know they're bust in. At least some of them, when they had uh, Eric Trump, they had the protest for that over at Penn State. Yeah, I, I know because like I was talking to uh, an associate, you know, someone that you know as well. <laughs> you know, he used to be in charge of a certain club over here, and he was yeah. telling me, "Oh yeah, I saw them on buses when I was driving back to my house, like with the Hillary <laughs> protest or like the pro anti-Trump protesters. They're all they're all bust in." 
Yeah, we, well, it's a significant portion of them are. And that's sad because it's Penn State. There's a lot of leftists at Penn State, but they still need to go and bust them in. They have these paid protesters. And I think they need to go and start cracking down on that. I think there needs to be laws against paid protesters. Because yeah. that's, um, you know, I don't think that that's really conductive to uh, anything good. Because a lot of these protesters, they're disruptive and they'll pay. Like they, they had leaks where they were paying like mentally unstable people to go to Trump rallies. Yeah, Project like, Veritas uh, uncovered that. What? Project Veritas with James O'Keefe uncovered that. Yeah, yeah. They need to go and like make laws against us because it's, it, it's just like really dirty tactics. Like that's something straight out of... Um, rules for radicals what they're doing mm-hmm. with that but i think this is this will definitely be good and it might actually help with the um you know i think it like united just men in general you know women have always like they've had they try to come put them into uh like a particular bucket like a like interest groups like they're on the left but i think now this actually mobilized men because you know and people who love men and have you know children who are boys who will become men at some point because it, they're going to realize that they can be accused and there's nothing they like there's nothing i can do about it sure it's like kavanaugh now but like that could be them in a few years off of a baseless accusation yeah and it's like scaring people like there's men out there like people made fun of mike pence for not like when to go to dinner alone with women but that's that's starting to happen more and more because of things like this all it takes is one accusation once you throw it out there you can never take it back yeah. And their lives are like pretty much ruined at that point. You know, you can say, oh, you, like they're that one guy who had a kid who died in a mass shooting. Oh, your life isn't ruined. My kid got shot. Like, no, that's not a good comparison. You can have mm. many things, you know, really derail your life. You don't have to have your kid die. You know, you could go and be acu- like being accused of uh, serious sexual allegation baselessly. You know, how are you going to find a job like that? Your name's going to pop up, especially if you're in the media. You're really messed up. Yeah. Even if they have like no proof, even if you don't get like taken a quarter of it, you still have to deal with a huge social stigma mm-hmm. wherever you go. You know, it's nothing light. It's one of the worst things that can happen to a man. This uh, false accusation. Yeah. And it actually scared me a little bit. I'm not going to lie because I think I said on the last transmission that I, you know, I've been looking, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life, but like if I want to get become a public figure in some shape or form or some capacity, I got I got to look out for this crap now because I've never done anything, you know, remotely bad. I'm not saying that to sound like a puritan here, but you can contest that I'm I have a, you know, I like I said I'm a straight edge. I'm pretty clean with everything. I don't want to do anything bad. I don't do bad things. But that doesn't matter anymore. That doesn't matter. I've never drank alcohol, but guess what? That doesn't matter if I run for public office or if I'm like a, you know, trying to be a CEO or trying to, you know, uh, you know, maybe do a show or something like it doesn't matter. People are going to throw accusations out there and be like, oh, you were a heavy drinker and you uh, raped women. No, I never did that. And I never would. But they'll throw it out there anyway, regardless, because an accusation sticks now. They know that in this, you know, Me Too era that we can just throw accusations and we have to hashtag believe all women and, you know, oh, you know, all men are evil now, apparently, uh, according to some circles. But it's it's very dangerous because of Kavanaugh. Nobody corroborated her, any of these stories. And yet half the country is crucifying the guy. I mean, that's a scary precedent of guilty to, you know, 
till proven innocent is what they've put forth now. And that's what they've unleashed like a genie where you can weaponize sexual assault against people to take them down. If you don't like them, weaponize sexual assault. That's what their motto is now. You know, like I said, if I want to run for something, like let's say I want to run for a, you know, a office, they're going to throw that at you to try and take you down because they know it sticks. They know it looks bad. Well, this wasn't the first time they've done it. Like they did this, right. the exact same thing to Roy Moore, and no one cared back then because he was a strange guy. Well, yeah, and like they did to Clarence Thomas. Well, yeah, but Roy Moore—that was more recently, and it was the same exact sort of thing. It was, oh, this happened like thirty years ago or forty years ago, and no, and they're like, oh, you know, Roy Moore is a pedophile. They had that uh, that one show with the uh, Borad guy on there. He was like he interviewed uh, Roy Moore, and he was like poking fun at him for that. Yeah, and there's no there's no proof. There's no there's no real evidence. Like I think the only evidence they had was a yearbook. Same thing. They they literally did the same thing. Yeah. To uh, Kavanaugh. Well, at least with Roy some, Moore, I like, think just he don't had... buy yearbooks anymore. Like when you're if you have a kid, tell them just no. I don't want to be in the yearbook. I don't want to have any quotes in there. If you have a male kid, because it's going to be used against you in a court of public opinion, if not the law. I think the guy from Atypical doesn't want yearbooks anymore too. <laughs> but, but uh, no, like seriously like yeah like this was actually this is really gonna blow up in their face because kavanaugh you know he may have been more moderate beforehand but now i think it's like oh he's irate now he's you know say goodbye to roe versus wade i think hopefully. i don't think so. i think he's gonna keep a level head and put his job first before emotions but i don't know it's risky now you know at least at, if anything it's risky now you don't know what he's gonna do really because it's kind of funny because like the guy is extremely moderate and democrats were still scared of him they're gonna be even more scared of him now <laughs> because of their actions well, yeah, they radicalized him, I think. Like, yeah, that's exactly what they do. And I think they realized that, like, once they were done there, because that was the next thing. It was like, oh, you know, I heard what he said about the whirlwind th the whirlwind thing. I don't think we can trust him. He's not going to be level-headed anymore. Well, that's your fault for falsely accusing him and make him go through a media circus before he even got the vote to, like, vote the closure vote. Yeah. Like, it was ridiculous what they did to him. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to read this tweet by Trump before we go to a quick break. Uh, where he was talking about what you were talking about earlier with the Soros-paid uh, protesters, which always sounds like a right-wing conspiracy, but it's actually true. There's actually a lot of protesters that have been paid for by Soros, so you can connect the dots and get right back to uh, Uncle Georgie Soros, uh, you know, the emperor. Um, so he, Trump tweeted out this red pill. He said, The very rude elevator screamers are paid professionals only looking to make Sanders look bad. Don't fall for it. Also, look at all the professionally made identical signs. Yeah, that's always a uh, key to spotting a paid protester. Paid for by Soros and others. These are not signs made in the base from the ba in the basement from love. Hashtag troublemakers. <laughs> I love his Twitter. I mean, that stuff is great. Oh, I love it. I mean, you don't get this crap from Jeb Bush. You don't get this from Rubio. You don't get this from Cruz. You only get it from Trump. You only get it from real, honest people. There aren't these political hacks. I just love it. You don't get this even from Rand Paul. I'm I'm sorry, you don't. Even though he does say some pretty good stuff, but you know, you might I might get it from Ron Paul. Yeah, you might get it from Ron Paul. Yeah, he's. Well, yeah, you see, you saw his one tweet. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit too woke for this uh, transmission. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was funny. Uh, but yeah, I'll, last word I'm going to say is that 
I just want people to realize the genie that has been unleashed because you can't put it back in this bottle. It's out and men, I mean, look, I hate rape. I don't, I don't, I can't believe I have to say this now. I hate rape. Rape is bad. And I wish rapists faced the harshest of penalties. But at the same time, we have to be careful that we don't burn innocent men at the stake for doing nothing wrong. That is very dangerous. That is very scary. You would feel awful if you vindicated somebody that did nothing wrong. And I just, look, I'm not saying Kavanaugh did or did nothing wrong. I actually think he did nothing wrong for the most part. <laughs> I really do think he did nothing wrong. But my point is, you have to be careful now. It's scary what we're, um, the world we're in. I'll give you the final thought, and then we have to go to a break. I, I agree with what you said. You know, like the wor the only worse thing than like actual like the, the the worst thing you know is rape. But like right before that, well, it's not the worst. Thing. Like I think murders. Yeah. Probably slightly worse, but like you know, it's right up there. Yeah, hundred percent. But like you know, false accusations. They're you know yep. they're, they can be just as terrible, or maybe not just as terrible. They're like one step below it. Like look at the Salem witch trials. They're basically doing that now. They want to go and like cosplay as these handmaidens. <laughs> like look at where they actually came from. Like, look at the people, like, look at Sam Rich trials, like, you know, hundreds of, I think it was like 92 people or something were like burned at the stake or hanged over some complete BS by false accusations. That was a real thing, you know, To Kill yeah. a Mockingbird only had one person die. Yeah. This had like a lot of people over like utter falsities, like, you know, like, and that's basically what they're doing now, except for instead of witchcraft, it's, you know, sexual assault. Right, and they need to go and be punished. I think that Christian uh, Blasey Ford and all the other accusers who were making things up against Kavanaugh I think they need to be taken to court. They need to be uh, punished for making lies, and they need to go and have. They need to be required, like, to list who was funding them. Because I have a feeling, you know, I don't know if it was Feinstein or, uh, you know, I don't know if it's Soros. I don't know who it is. I think that needs to be investigated. That's what the FBI investigation should be looking at. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Earlier in the week, amid all the Kavanaugh news, which has hijacked the news cycle for the past two weeks, Trump uh, used the power of tariffs to get exactly what he wanted, which is a new trade deal called the UMCA, United States, USMCA, sorry, United States, Mexico, Canada Agreement. Got right that time, which is basically a brand new trade agreement to replace NAFTA. And here, I'll give you the TLDR on it. It's there's a lot of complex stuff in it. You can look up, but the main meat and potatoes of it are the following: one, a 75% uh, requirement of all auto content to be made in North America, with a 40 to 45% of auto manufacturers workers in North uh, America uh, to have a pay requirement of $16 per hour. Uh, they are also going to lift the limit on U.S. dairy from importing to Canada. So theoretically, this creates more competition and dairy farmers can now trade more. And they will also lengthen the time of drug patents so that other uh, countries, specifically China, India, and many others can't steal drug ideas, you know, not necessarily stealing, but kind of stealing, and then manufacture them for cheaper it's a way to keep them in the North American uh, countries. So 
the moral of the story is tariffs work. I'm sick and tired of these log uh, cab Republicans going, um, oh, a free trade works so well. Okay, it's not free trade right now when you have a totalitarian regime of China putting massive tariffs out there. Uh, meanwhile, the U.S. is doing nothing and they're making stuff cheap as it gets, stealing our jobs, stealing our wealth, stealing our intellectual property. And we're sit here with empty, rusted out factories with people losing their jobs left and right and our industries being taken away. Now, I understand free trade, how it works, how we let uh, you know the market decide. We let the best products succeed, the cheapest, best, most valuable products succeed. But there is that side of what it does to your culture and society that free traders seem to ignore. And they also ignore the fact that tariffs are meant to bring everyone to the table. And that's what Trump did. He wanted to bring everybody to the table. China, Canada, Mexico. He brought them to the table by slapping these tariffs on because they know, hey, we're going to get our industries undercut by these tariffs because now people are going to be buying stuff from America because it's cheaper. And then we're going to have to raise our tariffs. Now everything's going to get more expensive and it's going to be all crazy. They know that's what's happening. They know what Trump's doing. They hate it. That's why they were being uh, so nasty to him is because they hate this stuff. And now they've been brought to the table. A new deal has been created, which kind of benefits everybody, but benefits America the most and puts us back on more of a level playing field. Now, is this the best deal in the world? No, but it's progress. It's steps. It's good. It's going to save jobs. It's going to save industries. I love this trade deal. It's awesome. Um, I, I know you aren't entirely familiar with it, and I think that's fault for the media to blame because they haven't been reporting out much. And it's a very complex thing, so they don't like reporting complex things. But I broke it down ba the basics of it. There's other stuff in there, like a sunset clause, where I think every 16 years they have to meet to renew this thing uh, or uh, you know, renegotiate it. So it'll be, you know, hopefully this, you know, this gets passed by Congress and becomes an actual thing. But I love it. I love it, love it, love it. Uh, let's see. I mean, I have a couple of concerns about that. Like one, the um, the thing with like the medical, like uh, the drug, the drug stuff that kind of has me concerned because like, <clears throat> it, it, like the prices of drugs in America, like they, they can get like incredibly high. True. And I mean, I, I know that's like a really huge issue that involves like R&D and all this other stuff. But like, I think what this might end up doing is like opening up the ways for like drug smuggling, not for like cocaine and heroin but for like not for advil but for like cancer <laughs> medications and like aids medications because the terror like it would be so expensive in america like I, I know they had that like one drug that uh you know shrikali got like infamous yeah. for. it's like a thousand dollars a pill or something but like some guy in australia was able to go and make it for like one dollar a pill yeah but I, I don't know i think they need to go and like figure out a way to go and like renegotiate how that's done on like a on the world scale because it's not fair that America has to go and deal with the incredibly high price of drugs, but every other country gets it for very cheap. Do they? And yeah, like that's what that's why like healthcare is so much cheaper because we do all the R and D for it. That's true. And like you can find the patents for it, and so like other countries they have this universal healthcare and they they do all these other things, and they're able to get it for a lot cheaper. Well, not that well, we yes. in America because we have to because we have to go and deal with the R and D for the drugs, and that's where most of the drug costs is. It's not the materials. The materials are like really cheap. It's like maybe a dollar or two, maybe like ten bucks at the most. But like 
the actual like the bulk of the price of a pill comes from the um, research that goes into the the medications and like the clinical trials and all this other BS. Not BS is important, but like well, it's yeah. that's like a whole issue in itself. Well, yeah, you're definitely right. We do a lot of research and development, and we uh, subsidize all these countries' military. We're paying for their defense, and they're small countries, so that's why they can do universal health care. But at the same time, they're still paying very high taxes to pay for this universal health care. So it's not exactly cheap, and they have long wait times. It's not exactly the best. But, um, no, no, no. I'm not this... talking about I'm just talking about the, the actual drugs itself. Well, I don't know if the drugs like... are actually cheap over there. I mean, I'm going to take your word for it. But at the same time, our drugs, yeah, they can be very expensive. But if you're letting all these other countries, like, steal their patents and whatnot, you know, these drug companies are now going to spend more money on fighting this stuff. And, you know, they're going to waste more money. So then they're going to have an excuse to wait, raise drug prices. And uh, you, you have a lot of theft happening, which can also create bad drugs, bad versions of it that aren't really uh, up to sniff. Uh, you know, it, it's a problem. But, you know, and there's also the safety concerns of stuff being made in other, other countries. And that's the one thing that's nice. Like, you know, say true about these like environmental laws and all that. But like if we have a lot of our industries moving back to America, this will make the environmentalists happy. Theoretically, we're actually helping the planet because it's under our strict regulations and not being made in China where like they don't give a crap and you know they'll pollute rivers, they'll pollute the sky, they'll turn the sky black. They don't care. Well, yeah, but that, like drugs, like usually manufacturing of drugs doesn't really cause all that much pollution. It's yeah, like, I know. The problem is like Strong the R and D's on the U.S. and like the patents might only like last like five or ten years in like Europe, and once that's over, they get like generics for like five cents. Right. A pill and sell like fifty dollars. Well, I think and, there's but a, like in America, it lasts significantly longer. Well, I think so there's a provision like the, uh, issue, especially once you get like the Shrikeli drug. The reason it was able to be so expensive is because it was a uh, it was a rare disease, and those have even stranger like requirements. Like I don't even think they can make generics for those for like significantly longer than a regular like disease, like for you know regular like you know, diabetes or something versus like a really rare immune disorder. Yeah. Well, I think it does stuff for, um, uh, generics. I'm gonna go check right now, but it's, um, yeah, they're really undercutting. Like the, the big takeaway from this thing, uh, that I think people need to get out of is that it really undercuts China. You know, this is helping Canada, it's helping Mexico, but it's also helping America, and it's hurting China. China really doesn't like this. Um, well, yeah, they deserve that. But my other concern is the, uh, what was it, $16 an hour? For 40% like, of workers. For auto manufacturer. I don't like that. I think it should be $10 an hour. Well, no, it's for 40 it's, minimum. Well, no, it's for 40% of their workers. They have to pay $16 an hour. And many of them kind of already do that. So it's not the biggest requirement in the world. But the idea is that it incentivizes companies to keep their workers here and to make sure they're paid well. Uh, because, you know, when they lower, you know, the tariffs and they lower all these other things, they're going to want to bring their jobs back. You know, when ta corporate taxes are lower, they're going to want to bring them back here. But at the same time, they kind of undercut it by let, uh, making sure their workers are paid a little more. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I, I think one of the issues that's causing people to go and like move to other countries to manufacture things is like the unions. I think if we disrupted those, like the auto unions, because they're what like, I mean, they they killed the Euro the British automotive industry. They used to have 
like a good industry, but then like they had the unions like start to get involved with the workers and they kept going on strike. And that's why you don't have like a British Leyland anymore. Mm-hmm. That's why, um, what was it? Land rivers made by some like Indian. It's like owned by an Indian company. now. Yeah, it is. And the same thing happened in the U S it's like these, the, the unions, they keep like wanting to increase the wages and all this other stuff to make it like unprofitable for us to make it on our own soil. And I think that what he did, that was like one step that would help. But I think we he also has to address the union problem and like maybe cut back on some of their ability to, uh, you know, just strike and stuff. I don't, I don't know how you deal with the auto unions, but he'd maybe have to like bring them to a negotiating table and uh, figure out something because it's in their best interest to have people make American like cars in America or else, you know, if you're a union, you, you want to have your workers employed or else you're not getting any money. Mm. but i don't think at least from this i don't think they even talk to them i think that'd be important though and uh, to address the union issues yeah yeah I, I, that can definitely be an issue and the thing for generic drugs i think is also going to be a bit of an issue with because i know what he's here's the thing it's like i know what he's trying to do it's just i think every positive comes with a negative uh in it like with the drugs like yeah they're gonna be made here now but they're gonna get a little price here and probably generics aren't gonna be as easy to make like i you know hopefully that can be fixed and then unions you know the other thing with unions is that they use a lot of money to lobby politicians i think unions are like one of the biggest lobbyist uh groups um they act like they're not but if you look at the money that they actually pay to lobby it's substantial like thousands and i well i think trump did oh yeah the supreme court like shot down something where federal uh unions can't uh use money for political activism like people are freaking out like why is this controversial why they shouldn't be using our money but they are the biggest union yeah and it's like you know i can understand like you know, teachers unions, all that. Maybe if they agree to spend money to lobby, like I understand that's fine, I guess. I mean, I, I just don't want lobbying in general. I understand that some lobbying is good, but most lobbying is bad. It, you know, it's, I'm going to sound like a leftist, but it's really the elite controlling and rigging the system and preventing the little guy from having a voice because you don't have the money, they do, and they're going to, you know, make politicians do whatever they want. Well, no, I see a big difference between like, you know, the NRA lobbying and like the teachers union lobbying, like the NRA, you don't have to be a member of the NRA to work at, you know, whatever, like at a school, but to be a member that like a school in many states, you said to be a member of the union and even like some of the states where you don't have to be in the school union, you need to go and pay them dues. And that was very important for Trump to, uh, you know, for the Supreme Court or whatever to shoot that down because like. That's not fair because then they like if you're required to be in a union to work somewhere, like they shouldn't be allowed to go and lobby politicians like yeah, you know, I agree. And, and lobby people to vote for candidates. Yeah, <laughs> I agree on that one. Like I can understand why they have like some say and, you know, like the unions have some say like in politics, but I don't think they should be able to go and like say, you know, not to vote for this candidate. Like it should be on an issue by issue basis at the most. But like, yeah, I still don't like it if if you're required to be in the union, like a, like the teachers union, like anything public sector. I disagree with. Mm. If it was a private school, then they can do whatever they want. But if it's a public school, yeah, I don't think that you should be required to go and make union, like make teachers be a part of the union or pay the union dues. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> Grind the vote. Oh my god. <laughs> Sorry, I just paused something on an app. 
It said grind the vote. <laughs> Isn't it funny oh, how? God. Yeah, I think oh, you know God. what I'm on. I can on. only imagine what app that is. <laughs> well, I think it's funny how all these. This is such a tangent, but I, I have to bring it up. Have you noticed how every tech platform has been shilling for people to come out and vote? Like Discord, Google, Apple, uh, Spotify, uh, you know, uh, dating apps, uh, you know, YouTube. Uh, I'm trying to think about Snapchat, Twitter, Facebook. They've all been having these banners saying register the vote. That's unusual. They don't normally do that. Am I wrong? Oh, they just. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is a leftist tactic to go and get like neckbeards to start voting. <laughs> Usually, don't give a <coughs> give a crap. Like honestly, I think that there should be more requirements to vote. I disagree. Like, you know, call call Elias, but I think you should like you should actually be contributing to society to vote in some way. Like I think that's what the founders had the intention of like doing. That's why there was a Senate. Like I think that you should have like at least from one of the houses. I think you should like have to be independent from like you have to be like make your own money like you should have to be able to re like registered as uh you know you don't you're not dependent of someone else to vote at the bare minimum mm -hmm. preferably you should like not be you should have a net positive like you know you're paying taxes Pause. you have like, a real job you're not on like you know if you do have some sort of social security benefits you make more money than you know like you pay in taxes still more than you get in benefits like, I don't know, that might be a crazy opinion. But I think it's wrong uh, to do that only because now you're literally giving the wealthy way more power. Like, they already that's have enough power, now you're giving them more. I just don't see how that's going to help anyone. Well, no, it's not the wealthy, it's the middle class. Like, the people no. who actually have a job and live on their own. I don't think that, like... No, I've, I have friends of mine who, like, live in their, you know, parents' basement. And they don't have a job, and they go to school, and they... You know, they barely go to school like that. I don't think they really should be voting. Like, honestly, I well, think the, the government should probably be raised. Their, their politicians represent them, so therefore they should have a say in my view. Because if the government's meant to represent every citizen, then every citizen has a right to vote them in because they are representing them. You know, that's the way I look at it. I mean, I, I know, like, that's where either you... I mean, none of this stuff is going to change. That's why I don't you know really care too much about it uh but if anything raise the voting age to 21 but i don't like that because then i wouldn't have been able to vote for trump so <laughs> well i mean i'd be fine for that because i know a lot of leftists wouldn't have been able to vote as well probably more than you know young trump voters but like <laughs> but like see i think there's a big difference like if you're going to college you know all you're doing is you're not really contributing to society at that point you know once you're graduating well, college or like, you know, even if you don't go to college, if you join the military, you'd be allowed to vote if you had a job after high school and you didn't live at your like parents' house. Yeah, but what's the definition of contributing to society? Because some would argue that if you're at college and you have a job, at the same time you're contributing to society. Or you could argue even if you're at college, you're contributing to society through volunteer work maybe. Or you're at college and that's still considered contributing to society. What I'm saying is like I don't see how you can define these things properly enough and I don't want stupid politicians and lobbyists uh, drawing the line of who can vote and who can't. Well, no, it'd be easy. Like when you do your taxes, you are labeled as a you know dependent or head of household or a single. It would just be as long as you're not dependent, you'd be able to vote. 
and that yeah that, i think that would be fine it, you know and even just for like the senate i'd be fine for that i'd be a baby step because that was the way the senate was originally intended the house of representatives you know everyone will elect those but the senate was originally meant for like you know it used to be like wealthy landowners but then that got changed and the, and britain had the same thing with the house of lords but like that was a little bit different too because you know britain yeah but it, i think the senate needs to go to be more exclusive i think that they should you should have to be contributing in some way like not be dependent on someone else to vote at least for the senate i think that'd be a fair compromise for that because that was literally how the founders had that in, as intention or else like what's the point of the senate well the point of the senate's very simple uh it's to represent uh based on uh you know equally that no matter your state size, no matter your population, every state has two senators. And then the House of Representatives is based on population. That was the, uh, was it the Sherman Compromise? Or I forget, the something compromise where that's how they compromise on the debate over should we base representation on population or make it equal? And they had both of them. And it works. That's what's great about it. Well, I mean, they changed a lot recently, too, because for the longest time you had to like they had to go and make an amendment that you had to like 18 to vote. Like there was a reason why they did that. But I, it used to be like actually like difficult to vote. I think there needs to be some level of, you know, everyone shouldn't just be able to do it. Like you should have to have some level of qualification to vote because there's a lot of really stupid people out there. Yeah, but I don't. I think the the line is too gray that you cannot define it uh, to a point no, where you can the, cut it off. The IRS defines it for you. You want to let like, yeah, the IRS, the targeted conservative uh, groups, uh, you know, with taxes and all that, the IRS scandal. You want them deciding this. No, no, you, <laughs> no. You determine like it's it's pretty simple. Like when you do when you fill out your taxes, do you set yourself as dependent or do you set yourself as not dependent? Because, you know, there, I mean, there's a lot of benefits to being like, you know, one or the other. As long as you're not like dependent, I think you should be able to vote. And there's many things like there's head of household, like single married filing jointly and like the other thing. And like, if anything, I think married should go and get like an extra vote. Why? Because I think that's a net benefit on society. So maybe they should get like, you know, you, you get one, like you get three, like maybe you'd get double the votes if you're married. Okay, well, see, I can see gray area with that, too, because what if somebody's contributing to society way more than a married couple, but they have less of a vote? Well, if like, they're married, single. well the thing is with married couples, like, that's actually contributing to society because, like, ma like if you're married, you know, single mothers are one of the worst things for they society are. as a whole they in are. terms of, like, <laughs> you know, the kids, they, I mean, on, on, on a whole. They have a disproportionate amount of their kids going to crime and all this other stuff. And I think we need to go and start to go and uh, help the married couples, like start to encourage that in one way. And one, and I think that you know there's going to be other things to encourage marriage, and uh, you know especially with in terms of child rearing, it would be to increase their voting. So you get two votes instead of one if you're married. If you file married filing jointly or married filing filing separately. Yeah, I mean, to me, none of this is going to change. So, 
to, be, to listeners, yeah. it's not going to be yeah. a big concern. I mean, well, well, I'm not trying to say like we shouldn't debate because I like debating it. It's interesting. But what I'm saying is that, uh, you know, I, I think what we need to focus on is more how we can get lobbying out, how we can get special interests out, because that's more well, the no, influence I, and the problem and educating the well, public I, better. I think there's a I think there's a good there's there's a good need for special interests. Because, like, you know, see organizations like the NRA that's founded by members who voluntarily they go and donate their money to a uh, organization they like. And I agree with that. But my problem is with unions who you, you know, you're required like you do for, you know, your job. But then they go and start like getting federal politicians. I don't like that because and there and there are many times where like they either just say you can't work here if you're not union mm-hmm. or, you know, you'll get like harassed. And, or like you know you're required to go and pay union dues anyways i think union should be out but i'm fine with special interest groups in general as long as you voluntarily associate with them mm-hmm. yeah i can i can i have big problems with unions too so i feel yeah uh but like i don't see what the problem is with like you know something like the nra where you donate money knowingly yeah to them you know, yeah, that, that's with, the like, funny like apec because they're not i don't think they're registered as a foreign country but you know you want to talk about like foreign meddling but apac's out there yeah you know, they're doing their thing that's a whole nother issue well i think it's funny that the left loves to point to the nra as this boogie big boogeyman for lobbying when they literally don't do a lot of lobbying in terms of money spent they're not that powerful they really aren't it's just they they hype them up as this boogeyman but you look on like the top on opensecrets.org if you look at the top contributors, politicians, they're not number one or two or anywhere near the top. What it is is oil companies and pharmaceutical companies and, you know, Soros like groups. Uh, you know, that, those are the big ones. He's contributing and I'm fine with pharmaceutical companies contributing because at least they're not taking money from you. Like you voluntarily associate with them. No, well, like, no, you choose not to get necess- the medical industry or not. Well, yeah, yeah, that's but true. Like, you, you do, but you don't. You know, at the same time, they're using their lobbying power to rig the system and rig the market against the consumer. I mean, that's why healthcare is partially why it sucks so long is because the pharmaceuticals are controlling politicians so they don't vote for things that will lower prices and make insurance better. A a better example is actually illegal immigration. You have massive corporations that are lobbying Democrats and Republicans to keep illegals here, to keep their cheap slave labor here so that they don't get deported, so they don't lose their... Uh, cheap labor. I mean, that's that's the big problem with lobbying is that it holds all these things back and nothing gets done. Nothing good gets done. Well, no, like the the people can just vote them out. Then you can't. You know, it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter. You vote out well, Rubio. Primary. He, you can vote in the primaries. It doesn't matter. They get. And if you see that the one person's like pro legal immigrant and the other one's not, you go and vote for the one that's like not pro legal. But immigrant. none of them are because they'll say I'm... that they'll say that in the campaigns, and once they get there, boom, they change their vote because the lobbyist uh, power kicks in. Happens all the time. That's why nothing's gotten done until Trump's come in, and Trump has threatened all these people, and they've started to kind of like you know go maybe we'll do something, and then they don't. Like the wall, the wall has still hasn't been funded because these people are getting tied up well there's a certain like uh certain states have this where you can actually like if the guy's like not doing their job like they said they could you can uh it's like withdrawal like you can go and vote like as a as a constituency you get enough people to go and vote on you can actually go and uh kick them out of their office yeah, that and then, rarely like, else happens they did this in colorado after they passed gun control laws 
or something. They like withdrew their center or, or whatever it was. It might be on the state level, but I think they need to go and have that on the national level. Where if you're per- like, if you really don't like the guy, have a vote of no confidence. Yeah, and, like, you go to go and sign a referendum to go and like remove that politician. One constituency, because you don't think they're doing their job, then boom, you should be able to do that. Yeah, but that would be one solution to this. Like I said, but again, that's something that rarely happens. And again, even if they get out, they're replaced with the same, you know, crap, just different face. And that's been the inherent problem for the past like 30 years of our system. Well, well, that's, I think, another problem with that is the fact that we have a two party system. I think that, and that's kind of enshrined in law. And that's like not going to change really either. A lot really of other either. countries don't have this two-party system. They have like 20 different parties. Then they go and like form coalitions with others. And I like that better. I, I do think too. That's one thing I wouldn't mind having in America. I do too, but that's never going to happen in America with the electoral college system. So you need to have to get uh, rid of electoral college to get um, multiple parties or not. Because there's no way third party is going to get, unless the Republican or Democrat party just lost all their money and got really bad and nobody cares about them anymore and a new party came up. That's the only thing that's possible. The other alternative is the Trump method, which is you cuck the party. You come in, you make it your own, you give it a spin, a new twist, and you you know, take it over. That's the best way. And you got to be rich. That helps too. <laughs> Well, it's like the first pass the post system. If they get rid of that, instead they do like I think France actually has a decent one, where like they have uh, like multiple rounds. Like you, like let's say they'd be like the it's first runoff. nine, like the nine parties that get the most votes, and like you'll put like your first, you know, your top three in there, yeah, of the parties that you like. So like let's say you'd have like Republicans, Democrats, Socialists, uh, yeah, you know, it's run. They do runoff. Freedom Party. What are, you know, I'm just saying random party names because yeah, I know. Like, no, and then I, they'd have the, I, I'm simplifying. You have the top I, nine, and then from there you get like the top, you know, four or something, and then you do it like three. You'd have like three rounds of voting. Yeah, I know they do. And run then off. like on the final round, it'd be like what we got right now. I think it'd be a couple. It'd be a little bit longer and a little bit more difficult to go and do, but I think it would be a more. It, you'd have more benefits to non, you know, Republican or non-Democrat parties. I tend and like different viewpoints without having to get rid of lobbyists as, as a whole. Yeah, you'd still have to get rid of lobbyists, but I do prefer that you know system though over to get somebody. But then again, it would require then. Well, yeah, yeah, they could still do electoral college. Just the electoral college is in the final runoff. But yeah, that could be an interesting. I'd actually like America to switch that. We are going to talk about. Uh, some free helicopter rides that were happening on the weekend. If you were at the Ohio State game, you probably got a free helicopter ride or not. Because what happened, uh, I wasn't there. I was at the tailgate. I'd never been to a tailgate, so I wasn't going to go to this one. Uh, we were we were actually watching Atypical when this happened. We were in the <laughs> theater watching an autism show. Uh, I kid you not. So basically what happened was a man struck a police force officer uh, on the horse, fractured his hand because he was pulling the guy up and he got angry because um, there's this whole bunch of commotion supposedly happening so he got involved and then this guy did this so he got kind of pissed and the police were ordering the kids to disperse from the tailgate. They refused not to. They didn't listen. So he then ordered police um, to, uh, you know, because it was getting uh, more unruly and so the police deployed a helicopter to fly over uh and tell them to disperse. But the police didn't seem to realize if you fly a helicopter low, 
especially over tailgate, things are going to start blowing around because it's a helicopter. And so tents, food were getting blown away. Thoughts were being blown to an oblivion. It was chaos, I tell you. Uh, they were being patrolled. Uh, you know, and uh, cars got damaged. So, you know, and people could have gotten hurt. People could have gotten hit. Uh, and so the Penn State police realized the mistake they made, pulled up, grounded the helicopter, and it's now been grounded um, from all games for now. So they're not going to have the game day announcement helicopter out. Um, Big takeaway from this, uh, in my view, is that the only thing the police did wrong is that they didn't fly the helicopter lower. They should have flown it lower. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding, of course. <laughs> I, I said that the turning point, meaning everybody laughed, but I bet nobody's laughing now because they are all PC-triggered snowflakes out there listening to this show, but that's okay. Uh, anyway, what I'm trying to say is that uh, I, obviously this was a bad move and it was stupid. I understand their intent. But why did people just have to act so stupid and get drunk and act stupid all the time? Like, you know, I'm this not saying tailgate. they. I know it's a tailgate. I'm I'm not trying to play the game of well, they 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 asked for it. They it's just well, like if like if Penn State didn't want this to happen, they could just ban alcohol at tailgate. Like you know, they they get money from this. I'm honestly surprised. Like <laughs> it's allowed. You know, especially after the frat stuff, like that they allow alcohol tailgates. Like it's 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 one of those things that like they have bizarre rules in my view. You know, they're kind of like I I assume underage drinking is not allowed tailgates, right? Well, it's not allowed anywhere. Like you can't like the only time you can drink underage is when you do it with the priest. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, so I just want to clarify because it's really confusing to me all these rules. Because but, but well, my point is that people do underage drink there, and it seems not you know nobody cares, of course. Um, but it's just, you know, I, I know I'm a straight edge. I don't want to sound like a whiny little, you know, party pooper, but I just, I get really pissed off at, you know, stupid jerky drunks that just get drunk and act irresponsible, destroy property and be just, you know, raucous and annoying. Um, it's just, you people don't make the situation better when they tell you to disperse, they tell you not to do things and then you just keep doing things, you know, it's just, I'm not trying to be a radical centrist here and be like, both sides are wrong, bro, and the other sides are right. But really, they kind of weren't. Well, no, I think the police kind of went overboard. Like, they should have just, like, arrested people at that point. Yeah. Like, they instead of just, instead of, like, doing the helicopter thing, which, and I think this is really an issue with the militarization of the uh, police force. Right, I like the militarization because, police. Like, why do they need a helicopter? Like, we don't live in, like, you know, Baltimore or Detroit. Yeah, but they were complaining There's, about you know, the State college. <laughs> you really don't need a helicopter for police things. Like, I think they could have done this, you know, by just walking over and arresting the people. Like, it, it would have been a lot simpler. And if I, if I was a car owner, if I like a Mercedes over there, or, you know, God forbid, one of the various uh, people of Asian descent who has, like, <laughs> multi, you know, like, Two hundred thousand dollar, you know, Lamborghini Gallardas over here. Which yeah, there's a couple. At least yeah. last time I checked. You know, if if I had one of those, if I brought my Lambo to the tailgate, which <laughs> I would never do, and like my yeah, G wagon, which is also incredibly expensive. Yeah. And there's a helicopter that was like slinging crap all <laughs> around it and like banging it up. I'd be pretty upset, and I'd try to. Like, I wonder, like, if they'd even be able to go and sue the police department for that if they weren't involved in the uh, mischief. 
I don't know, but because uh, I mean, they damaged it, they should be able to sue them. Theoretically, yeah. I mean, just I don't see because here's the thing about militarization police. First of all, it's not as militarized as some people hype it up to be. And this happened after 9-11 mainly because they want to have all this equipment at the ready everywhere in case something happens. And that's why I think it's justified because if they didn't have this equipment, something happened, you could hear the people go, well, you should have had a helicopter. Could have saved the children. Why didn't you do it? You know, you're going to get that all the time with these sort of things. And it's like, you know, you're never going to please people no matter what you do. So that's why I just say, I mean, like, maybe... You're gonna need a helicopter for in state college. Well, like, let's be real here. I'm no like expert with apocalypse, maybe <laughs> I can understand that, but like, I don't really see the point of that. Well, I, I think for like high, you know, if there's a high speed chase in the air, they use helicopters. I mean, I'm no expert at what you know the police use equipment for, but if the police say they need it or want it, you know, fine. Uh, I you know, like, the high speed chases, if you like, you know, they've actually done studies on this. It's better just gonna let them drive away because, like, if you start chasing them, you you put you you put other people at high risk because you're making these people go and drive faster. And as long as you get their license plate with, you know, given the amount of cameras we have now, it's not mm. very difficult. You know, they just take a picture of their license plate, and you'd be able to go and do that a lot like less deadly. Right. Yeah. I just think there's better ways, you know, to get rid of a raucous situation to tone it down than fly a helicopter. I mean, if they flew it lower, maybe it wouldn't have been as bad, but I'm just saying. Uh, that probably would have been worse. Yeah, I know. that. That's a joke. Yeah, I know. That's my so, joke. <laughs> should, like, you know, if they're going to fly, just fly it up there and just shoot tear gas at people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm surprised they did <clears throat> Probably would have been less damage to, like, property, to be honest. It literally... So just... Yeah, if you're they would right. Just deploy tear gas because you know they would just gas the place. <laughs> Full gas. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. Honestly, so I think we covered that one enough. Uh, so, what's your story? You were DMing me stuff. I haven't really read it yet. What's been going on in the YouTube sphere, the YouTube drama? Well, there was actually a couple things that went on. I was listening to um, you know the kill stream a couple weeks ago. Not a couple weeks, a couple of days ago when I was going back home. And, you know, apart from more mundane Matt revelations, which are always <laughs> fun, there yes. was uh, some, there was a very interesting uh, thing about this, uh, like, service. It's, you can find this on the App Store. It's called, um, <clears throat> it was, uh, da, 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 da. what was, I'm trying to go and try, uh, I'm trying to go and find the names, the name of L Better Help. That's what it was. Better help. It was this like psych. It's like a, a therapy thing online, and like the thing is, like they, they even say in their terms of service that they don't, like they don't guarantee that these people are actually like licensed therapists. They don't check them. You're required to go and do the homework yourself to see if they're even like actual therapists. Mm -hmm. And it's like for online and like people, and they say they advertise as thirty five dollars a week, but like. I think like like they'll they only wait that cheap from what I understand is if you buy the whole year up front, and that's like you know very expensive. And a lot of times people will be trying to go and reach out to the service, and they won't even get a live human on there. And I also check the website like they, they don't help like your insurance won't pay for any of it for the most part. Like no insurance really covers it. It's a, probably a scam product from what I've read. And like they often they don't have as as many. Um, therapists as they would need given the amount of people on there 
And then the therapists themselves that checked out Glassdoor reviews, they're complaining because they only get paid like $30 an hour, which is really low for a therapist. And like a lot of times they'll be like, according to some like reviewers, they have like robot answers for this stuff they're paying good money for. Then they'll have, they'll set up a a live or not live, like a live chat, like a live video feed with the therapist. Mm-hmm. And the therapist will be like, oh, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll have the time at six o'clock and then they'll keep canceling it and oh. they'll just like won't even show up. And they advertise like a one week free trial and many people who canceled it within the one week free trial, they still end up getting billed like two hundred dollars for the first month. Mm-hmm. So how is so, this tied into YouTubers, though? Because YouTubers were getting like uh, like a lot of these famous YouTubers out there. Like, uh, let me go and see who it was. Uh, Bobby Burns, Ellie Mills, <gasps> Philip DeFranco, Heath Hussar, Ooh. Boogie, 2988, Ooh. Shane Dawson, and uh, Chandler N.W. Wilson were all shilling for this products with affiliate codes. With affiliate codes for it, where they get paid uh, like around $100. And um, Andy Worski, he actually showed for this, and he didn't even know what it was. Like he was on the stream there because they called him out. And he actually did a follow-up video where he acknowledged that this is a scam. And he was getting paid $200 per referral. He only wow. got like four people or something. But that's a lot of money for a referral link. Yeah. And I'll like, say. even like, like PewDiePie, he didn't do with PewDiePie. this one. There's another uh, company, I forget the name of it, that does a similar product. And these YouTubers are getting paid good money to go and hook these people up. And like they're telling, you know, they might have depressed people in their audience and they might think that this could really help them out. Then they go and sign up for this. And this company takes advantage, from what I understand. It, like of these depressed individuals mm-hmm. and that's like you know really bad if you have a you know if you have mental health issues you need to seek a real therapist not this online therapy stuff and they'll, they'll they kind of say that on there but like the way that the like i've seen the ads for it and it makes you think that this is like a real service when in fact like this won't even work for a court ordered like therapist or anything like no insurance covers it. it it's like a real scam and then i also remember they said um it like specifically opt out of them sharing your information because apparently like if you don't do that like they'll they may or may not sell it to things like facebook and face and there's big money in that mm. like depressed like people oh yeah they know that you're depressed like that advertisers like that stuff because they'll target like stuff to you that yeah they'll exploit a lot of money. you like no facebook caught some flack for like the um advertiser preferences and one of them was like depressed yeah, they exploit and they that. They were just like selling things, targeting depressed people for uh, marketing. Yeah, yeah, they exploit that. And I, I watch multiple, like PewDiePie, watch him occasionally. Boogie, I kind of watched him, but I just don't care about him because he's like a real like you know mama's boy kind of liberal. So I just I tune him out a lot of stuff. Uh, but Bobby Burns, that was a channel. I was one of his early subs on that. Because he made like these movie reviews that were really, you know, pretty good movie reviews. He seemed like an interesting sort of personality. I enjoyed him. I thought his short films were crap uh, and whatnot, but his movie reviews were great. And his channel just like took a nosedive because he stopped making videos. And when he did, they were like vlogs and a bunch of like weird rap videos that he did recently. He's totally like, he, he's changed his channel for the worse. And he's just gone really downhill. I mean, he's try- I think he's trying to change it back again, but his vlogs are really stupid. And just like, well, you're not a vlog channel. I don't want you to be a vlog channel. You're not good at this. This isn't your thing. 
You know, I'm not saying to stick to the same thing over and over again. I definitely don't want him to do that. But what he changed to was bad. And he's, he's just kind of a strange character. I mean, you know, he's just... I've always noticed there's something a bit weird about this guy. And he's got a bunch of... I think he's got depression and mental health problems. I know he came out of the closet recently. Uh, you know, and I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying that, like, he's got a sort of, uh, you know, a self-destructing almost personality. Where he, like I say, he stopped making videos and he's like always depressed and doing all kinds of other stuff. I'm like, it's kind of like, like I've seen a bunch of YouTubers that make like depression videos. Like, hey guys, I'm depressed. It's not, I has, you know, it's been why I've been making videos and oh, I'm, I'm so depressed. I'm like, you know, I understand. I feel for you and I'll support you and all that. But it's like, I'm getting really tired of all these YouTubers making depression videos. You know, like, have you seen this? Well, yeah, like I think even like Lacey Green did a video. I don't know if it was for this company, but it was for... It may have been this company, but I saw the video of it, and it was just like, really? Yeah. And then it started out like, oh, you know, I was feeling depressed this time. And they give you a script, like Andy Worsky even talked about that when he was discussing this. They give you a script, and they said, oh, it's for a good cause. And they make the, you know, a lot of these people, they don't understand it. They yeah. probably never even used this. Like, I think a couple of them may have actually used it, but they were probably given preferential treatment. It's yeah. like Scientology. Yeah. where you get all the celebrities who go and like say oh this is great because they get like the a-list treatment but then like Tom the regular Cruise. person is basically a cult yep yeah but, that's like what they're doing with this with this um like application it's like really harmful because you get these depressed people they sign up for this product thinking that's going to help them and then they end up like not getting service and they get charged out the wazoo for you know not for not even getting help and they think it's like a substitute for actual therapy yeah and it's not like i mean i've never had to go and use therapy but if i was in a place where i needed to go and use therapy and i saw my my youtube idol using this and you know a lot of these people they might not even go outside and that might be the only like kind of person they even hear anything from and when they say something they really you know that that means a lot to them yeah it connects and it gives credibility and when you do this, like that's the problem with YouTubers. You have to go and like be really careful of what you endorse. And if you don't like actually use that product, you shouldn't be endorsing it. Because then right. you'll get stuff like this. And I know Andy Worsey caught some flack for this, you know, and I can understand I can understand why he did it because he had like a really bad agent apparently. And he was like telling him, Oh, you know, just chill for this. You'll why does he have an agent? <laughs> He had like he had two agents or something. Like he used to be really big, like back when he did that like uh Sargon like versus Spencer debate. Like that was I think the number one trending video on like live stream on YouTube. Like, yeah, but he still doesn't much, have like, many subs. Well, like if you saw how many like super chats he got from that that debate, oh, really? you know, that's a lot of money. Yeah. You know, like that's how you get money these days, and you get money from that and you get money for referrals. Cause this was like if you know, like PewDiePie or whatever, like that's probably how he gets a lot of his money now. Like after the apocalypse, you have to rely on these like subscriber codes and super chats. True. Very true. Like these things. But yeah, that's, I think that's something that needs to be looked more into. And I think that, you know, this is going to be a developing issue because I know that they had like a Polygon article about this and they were kind of just stating what happened and they and they even make it seem like it's a scam and i've looked at reviews and i looked at like the glass store reviews some of the people actually work there and it really seems like a kind of you know crappy gig mm -hmm. and the guy who's the founder of the company even like he started going to speak i was like oh i'm gonna have to go and update the terms of service because in there it says they they don't know if they're actually licensed people because they don't check it 
Right. Like they say that on their terms of service, you can go and look that on, like look on the site, at least as of today, you know, they, this whole thing kind of started breaking, I think uh, two days ago, mm-hmm. but the terms of service says it's on your, it's your like obligation to look up the people to make sure they're actually licensed. Yeah. Like, no, this is what, what legit stuff. company does that? Yeah, exactly. What legit therapy. Yeah. Like what legit therapist will do that? What legit therapist doesn't take medical, like your medical insurance? Exactly. Yeah, it's pretty pretty shady to me. Oh yeah, yeah. This is. I'm glad. Like, especially you have been on this stuff big time. You know, first with Candid, and now with, uh, what's this thing called again? Get Helper. It was uh, Better Helper. Look at the name of that. Yeah, Better Helper. Uh, I remember. Better it was, help, yeah. Yeah, because it's like better. Uh, that's from Full Opinions. You know, he seems to be on top of this because he found this. He did a thing on this a long time ago, but just started blowing up recently. Yeah. Yeah. It's just you know. It makes sense. Look, there's going to be a lot of scammers out there in any business, but I guess now the YouTube scammers have been uncovered where they're, you know, especially this is a perfect, like this is a perfect example of a scammer where it's a service that really doesn't exist with again, a bunch of YouTubers to show for them. But now here's the thing. Where is this company getting the money to pay these YouTubers and what are they getting at? I mean, obviously they're getting, well, you know, well, the suckers. From the people. They're getting like, you know, they may to pay $200 for this, but then people pay up front like a month or a year, potentially a year and they might not even use the service that long because from what i was able to go and read you often don't even get like hooked up to a real therapist where they'll keep canceling or it'll take like eight uh, hours to respond to you like a generic response yeah yeah and i think it's interesting like i like i said i mentioned by berms you know bobby burns hike depression videos uh, you know, a bunch of these, I bet the bunch of these other ones did too. I think not only are they exploiting people, you know, with depression, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, who they're selling their product to, but they're exploiting YouTubers that have or had depression to get them to sell because this is how they approach it. They go, you know, these YouTubers probably like, you know, I know what it feels like to be depressed. It sucks. I feel good about this company. You know, I'm going to, uh, advertise from, you know, this company that, you know, definitely will do a lot of good. I've been in a bad place. I know what's like, and I want to help people. So they're exploiting that aspect too. That's, you know, another thing to keep in mind. And you're know, like, look, I've been in bad situations too. I know what's like, and, and I know like, you know, sometimes like if your favorite YouTuber is saying, uh, Hey, use this, uh, depression therapist. They're the best. They'll help you out. They'll make your life great again. Yo, you're going to go for that because it, it's like, like you said, like Scientology, it's a great example where they get celebrities and big names that people love to add credibility and uh, to um, get you in on it. Because, look, Tom Cruise is an awesome actor. He's awesome, but he's a nut because of this Scientology crap. But that brings people well, into it. it. He doesn't see the real size Scientology. It's like when you go to North Korea to visit. Like, if you've ever seen that uh, movie with... Uh... Who's the guy with the red hair who really doesn't like Trump? I mean, you're thinking of the uh, the hair. interview with Seth. You're thinking Seth of the Rogan. interview with Seth Rogen. Yeah, yeah, that one. Like they have, they'll show you this nice little facade over there. And that's like this company, from what I understand. That, that's that's a brilliant on there, and it's brilliant, but it's like really, you know, ethically wrong. Yeah. And like yeah. they did this. I know when Andy did it, it was like, oh, we're doing this for uh, what was it, National like Mental Health Month or something. Yeah, of and course. Make it sound like it's this great product, and like. Like the idea of the product is actually really nice. Like, you know, it'd be nice if they had an app where you could just go and talk to a licensed therapist for like, you know, $35 a week and like potentially live chat, do it from your phone, do it from your computer. 
so you don't have to go and like physically drive somewhere even though i think physically talking to someone's probably the best way to do it yeah you i know, agree if, if i never had to go and deal with this myself but you know a lot of people they you know if you're severely depressed you might not want to go outside and physically talk to somebody yeah but i feel that like the way that it's done is, is terrible. Like they should have an app like that. That's not a scam. But from what I understand, like, you know, they have this app and they have other apps. A lot of them tend to be scams. And, you know, like and therapists in general, they're, they're very expensive. Like I, I wish that they had a way that they could go and like get people to like streamline the uh, process to become a therapist. Like maybe have like a lower level therapist where you could just like, you know, take a, it would be like a community co- like a couple of community college courses like becoming an EMT. Why is it easier to become an EMT than a therapist? Speaking of EMTs, let's talk about the cuckold EMT and atypical. <laughs> what a show. I have to say, I will I agree with you actually a lot. Like I, I didn't I'm not gonna lie. Didn't quite you know, I, I, I didn't think you were gonna be right when you said season two was actually a good show. It made the show good. But you're actually right. Like it's actually a decent show now. I guess addicting. It's it's like the first season was like a cringe compilation. It was like watching the Jeb Bush campaign. <laughs> but like, see, <coughs> season two, it was you know I won't exactly call it like watching the Trump campaign, but it was uh, it was it was interesting to go and watch. And it was like every episode there was like something that makes you want to get to the next one. They knew how to hook you in. And like, you know, like some 100%. of the things in there, of course, I, I think we're a little bit over the top. And, you know, one particular storyline with the uh, sister, I thought was a little bit much. But, you know, they left on uh, there's two good cliffhangers at the end. And I kind of want to see how yeah. that go- I, I'm actually looking forward to the next season of it now. Yeah, I know. OK, so uh, we'll, we'll go non-spoilers for a bit and then get into spoilers. But. You know, it's definitely the humor is actually funny at times. You know, they got rid of, they toned down the cringe. They got rid of a lot of cringe. So it's not, and it's not this walking meme, walking stereotype of autism. It's more accurate, like where they incorporate stemming and they incorporate, you know, uh, the therapy group and a bunch of other stuff. But they tone him down a bit more so he's not so spurgy and just weird. He's more like a naturally autistic person, even though he's, you know, it's it's hard to you know you can't really define autism because it is on a spectrum. It's one of the things that is on a spectrum, unlike gender. So, you know, I think they got the autism more accurate. And they even acknowledged like they got flack from it from like some like autism group. So they actually had to like redefine their version of autism, like take a look at it and fix it. Uh, so it, it definitely shows that they actually fixed it. They did their research and they um, refined it. Uh, the characters have all have way more to do. They have a lot of development. The sister goes through massive development. Uh, the bro- you know, the main character goes through development. He becomes more mature and starts, you know, moving on his life. And the mother and the father, you know, they go through development too. I mean, they, they definitely flesh out the characters more. And it's more driven by character and more driven by cause and effect. You know, and, and cause and effect that makes sense. It's not like, oh, Sam Spurgs out, so this happens, so this happens. It's Sam is in this situation, something goes wrong or doesn't, but it makes sense, and then it has an effect. You know, the mother, you know, did this stuff in season one, so now she's doing this stuff and it has this effect. You know, it makes more sense, it flows better, and yeah, like you said, it was addicting. I was watching two episodes per night. I almost was watching three, but I didn't want to burn through it so quickly. 
But then at the end, I watched like three episodes in a row because I watched two and I was at, you know, one episode less. I'm like, I got to finish this. And then when we got to the end, I was like, oh, my God. Like, it was actually like, oh, but uh, any any more non-spoilery things you want to add? Yeah, they definitely like because the first season that was really just all about Sam and his interactions with his parents in this, the second season. Sam was still the main character, but like there was just so many side characters and like the parents, they have their own thing, especially from the uh, ending of the first season. Yeah. And like that whole interesting development. And some, I mean, some of their interactions were a little bit unrealistic, but like I yeah. think it wasn't as bad as the first season by far. As... It wasn't as just like, you know, Mimi. It was more like realistic. <laughs> and then like the one guy, um, what was the Indian guy's name? In oh, Zahid. Yeah, so he like he's like he was just kind of a joke in the first one. He he just kind of do running gags like the cool, you know, the the ladies man Indian <laughs> dude uh, like meme. But this one, he's like actually a real person. Well, he's actually I mean, they kind of did a couple. He's actually silly meaning with him, but I think they did definitely flush him out a lot more. They showed that he has a level of like compassion. He like went out to actually yes. help Sam. Yes, a hundred percent. Yeah, he actually is a friend, and he's actually meaningful, and you know, I. A you know a helpful part of the plot. Yeah, and Sam helped him out too in that in that one scene. But uh, you know, yeah. they kind of, you know, they like Sam was a lot more compassionate in this one than the previous one because like the previous one he was like, no, I don't <laughs> want to talk to you. Like you know, I'll do whatever I want to do because I'm Sam. I don't give a crap about anyone's feelings or anything really. But on this one, he was a lot less of a jerk. Yeah, and I mean, he didn't have as much just like random meltdowns, but you know that's kind of mm. his development in general. But I do think it was a little bit strange how like I don't know how you could really do this because like the first season it was like every other episode he had like a major meltdown. Yeah, and this one he only really had maybe like two, one or two incidents in the whole season. Yeah, it's much more. The whole thing felt more realistic. The, the least unrealistic part is like the chemistry between the father and the mother, like. It works for the most part, but there are just moments where you can tell, like, this is awkward. This is, like, not how people talk. But Sam and his sister, I always forget her name, but those... Yeah, me too. <laughs> hashtag me too. Uh, their interactions um, are very real. As someone who lives with an autistic sibling, it's very real. Like, there's that warm compassion like you know i i'm your sister you're my brother like we love each other but there's also that tension that fighting and that you know playfulness that comes along with it like where you mock you know and i'm saying this in a nice way but you do mock the autism like oh you're obsessed with this now and which sam, sam had obsessions too i mean he's always had the obsession with the arctic but he has new obsessions but like you mock it but like you know the brother <coughs> the autistic person you know gets that like that is something that happens, but it happens in a playful way, which they show well here. Uh, other than that, I'm going to move on to spoilers now. So spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert for season two of Atypical and season one, kind of. Uh, if I'm warning you now, I've said spoiler alert like five times, but here we are. So the big things that happen with uh, the sister and Izzy is interesting. Uh, to say the least, because I first thought, you know, they're friends and I think, you know, they definitely had some, you know, connection there because they were really, they got really tight real quick, but the ending, it ends on the sister 
getting a little feel for the girl. Like she gets some feels for the girl. And when I mean feels, well, see, I, yeah, I, I really didn't like that Izzy character from the beginning. Like I thought the first, <laughs> like the first, like real interaction, she was just a complete jerk to her for no yeah. reason. I, I feel like that was a little bit unrealistic. But yes. like, you know, the alcohol scene, if you remember that one, yeah, yeah, where she just brings out like a bottle of vodka. <laughs> like, yeah, that's just like so unrealistic. No one just does that. Well, they were left in the principal's but, like, office alone. That doesn't happen. Yeah, they use like the principal's mug too. I, I'm like, okay, like they could have used that as a plot. Like that would have been interesting, I think, if they would have made that into like a plot device where, you know, she gets caught and she mm. did get like caught with alcohol, but the mom, they, they could have furthered that a little bit more with the alcohol drinking. Yeah. But like they, they really didn't. At least I don't remember that. I don't think they did. Like they should have made that whole thing with the alcohol. A um, you know, like she gets like caught at school, she might get expelled, but no, they didn't do any of that. Well, yeah, like the mom didn't seem to care, the dad didn't seem to care. I know they had bigger issues to deal with, but they could have used as a plot point to maybe have the parents come together and like you know work things out and force them to work together because they're still it's still their daughter. Like that would have been kind of interesting. You know, may have sidelined things. I think that's what the writers were worried about. But if that's the case, don't include the alcohol in it at all. Like, you didn't need to have that then. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I it was definitely their interaction at first was very unrealistic. Like, people just don't aren't, aren't jerks that blatantly. And her name's Casey, by the way. I just remembered it. Uh, so, Casey then, you know, they become best friends with uh, each other, Casey and Izzy. Which I, I would have rather have seen, like, some maybe a little bit of tension at first. Maybe, like, oh, maybe this person's weird. Not just being a strip, like, jerk. But, you know, eventually comes and they flow and they seem kind of natural and whatnot. And that was pretty good. But it ends where they become extremely intimate with one another. Because they, like, she forgives her at, at her party. And she does this thing she calls, like, the forehead uh, forgiveness. And she puts her forehead on hers. And it's like, you know, they giggle. But they're still holding it. And so you're, like, my mind literally starts thinking, like, they're not going to kiss, are they? They're not lesbians, are they? And they start moving in for it. I'm like, no way. And then the mom like bursts in. And that's another thing. Every like romantic scene in this movie is disrupted by the mom or the cuck dad bursting in. You notice that? It's always like, oh, hey, mom. Oh, hey, dad. It's like, that doesn't happen all the time at that particular moment. You know, that was a little... Uh, I, mean, I mean, I can't... I don't know about that. I've had similar situations but not not to that extent but it is a it is a show too true and i kind of can't speak on this one from experience so i have to trust outside advice but uh yeah so they do that and you know at the end they imply that you know casey is bisexual and has feels for her boyfriend and now izzy which i found interesting <laughs> yeah like see that whole that whole plot, it just kind of came out as a little bit unrealistic. It felt like, like a forced you know, she meme. She comes from being an enemy to being, to being a lover. And, like, I don't know. I really don't know with that, like, what they were trying to go and do. I feel like it was more of a political thing. Like, well, maybe not political, but, like, they need to go and have this whole angle to it, which I don't really think the, story, the show needed. Yeah. They already had enough. They had the father's a cuck, you know, son's <laughs> autistic and going to college. The mom's And then they thought. have now the sister's, like... You know, on top of like being a Kavanaugh in high school, she's uh, <clears throat> like becoming this like 
lesbian like bisexual person i i I just don't see the need for that yeah like just it comes off as unnatural especially with that one girl because like she's a complete jerk maybe it was because it was like that hey arnold like thing where (laughs) helga would go and treat hey arnold like crap but really loved her yeah i I don't i think think that's what they were going for yeah like i don't know how much that really works though like and then like they really had to do the lesbian thing like yeah i just think that was a little bit too far that was a bridge too far for this <laughs> but here's the thing though for this guy over here but you know i'll see how it goes because there's gonna be some tension between the two and i think in the next season she's got to go make a choice or she's yeah. gonna be confronted for you know you know like mother like like daughter i guess with the cheating yeah and i'd feel bad for the one guy because i kind of feel like she's probably gonna end up i thought she's gonna end up like dating the one girl's like boyfriend you know, undercover yeah. lovers or something and like cheating on him. And then the mom would be like, huh, now you know how it feels. Yeah. Well, that was the thing I forgot to mention was that's because that's where they started uh, fighting again was because the boyfriend of her friend goes and tries to kiss Casey and she goes, no, you know, she rejects him. I mean, I, you know, I, I thought it was kind of, you know, just like annoying that the girl just didn't even believe her best new but be- i mean i know she has a new best friend so i can understand why she trusts her less than her boyfriend but she just kind of shuts her off and doesn't even let her really hear her side uh you know that's a little unfair but maybe that's realistic maybe people act irrationally that way i could definitely kind of see that but you know that's what creates that sort of tension and she tries to get back together and that's when they become lovers in a sense but i think definitely third season is going to be about then her choosing a path. Do I go with my boyfriend or do I go with my wannabe girlfriend? Uh, well, which would be kind of interesting, but like I said, it doesn't need it. But at the same time, weren't we joking in season one that she was a lesbian? Like, weren't we kind of joking yeah. about that? Yeah, we were. Yeah, see, that's but, like, what I'm saying. Thing kind of pissed me off, too. <laughs> it was like, I kind of feel like the school year went too fast in this one. Like, they should have extended it a little bit more because it just, like, went to graduation at the end. True. Like, I think that, like, especially with that new girl in there, like, the, the hippie who was smoking weed in the, like, back of the, <laughs> the art goth room. girl. I feel like, you know, she was in there. Like, there could have been some more development between her and Sam. And then, like, that whole, like, love triangle with, uh, you know, the one girl. The feminist. like, a complete leftist in this one. Like, the other other one, she she didn't seem as bad. But this one, she was, like, you know, the future is women. Which is, there's a little red pill moment with that. Yeah, because yeah. it wasn't her saying it it was sam and he's a guy he's like the future's what <laughs> i was laughing i was laughing so hard at that scene because first of all like the cringy line of the future is female i'm like she would say that but i'm like but the man is given this line and he's like making fun of all her feminist lines it was great like a red pill in a blue pill yeah i mean that that's that was part of it and then just like the one scene that kind of another one that pissed me off was like where the dad goes to confront the uh, the bull, I guess, in the cuckold relationship. Uh, you know, the, the person that the mother had the affair with, he just like punches him in the face. <laughs> really? And then he just he just leaves. And no one does anything. Like it would have been great if the cops got called on that. And then, like, that's another part of the cliffhanger. It's like, what happens next with them? Because after that, you know, the mother and father in the car, and then the mother said something. It was like, you know, hey, we need to go and, like, can can you fix this or something? And he's like, he just kind of ends there. They cut to that scene, and there's a graduation. Well, no, no, no. They solve that tomorrow. 
No, remember they end where the father is uh the cuck dad is going to the um the the uh a uh, black uh, woman with the autistic daughter who's interested in EMT. Remember, he goes to her house and he's like, you know, we need. And he's well, they did some clever editing here. I'm gonna give him some credit on this, where they're cutting back to the dad making like this big confession, but it just cuts to like a shot of his face, so you don't know who he's talking to, but you assume it's the wife. You know, you assume it's his wife, but then it cuts to um, show who he's talking to, and he's talking to the black chick. And I was like, yo, remember the night before I had said to you, were they flirting? Like, is there something between them? And yeah. there freaking was. I was like, whoa, this show yeah, went there. Yeah, they're going to extend that into the next season with like, you know, the mother gets cucked. <laughs> and it's just like this revenge cucking. <laughs> and then they just kind of get divorced. I could see how that happening. And then it was, I thought it was like really, that was funny. Like the, like the one that the, <laughs> Like, this is bad, but, like, I remember, like, the one autistic girl who happened to be a certain ethnicity, man, she stole Sam's backpack. I was like, really? That was the one, you know, oh, person who stole the backpack. <laughs> no, she like, stole really? the sketchbook. She stole his sketchbook. That was really... Yeah, I was just like, really? <laughs> Oh yeah, I didn't think of that. But I thought it was funny too because uh, we joked again. We joked that the cock dad would beat up the bartender. Remember, we joked about that. Yeah, I, I thought you know that they should have done on the first season, but uh, yeah, he should got out of the way. Thing at the very end, and that that's the thing that pisses me off because like she's just kind of like they they kind of just gloss over the fact <laughs> that you know she did that like at the beginning like. You, there should have been like more they should have picked up right at that scene it but like the dad just like walks away like no <laughs> if this happened in real life there'd be arguing there'd be yelling you know he wouldn't just punch a hole in the wall he would have done like which was stupid. i don't know he would have done something more yeah you know you don't just go and like say oh. i was just like oh yeah sorry about that i was just like i just realized that was foreshadowing him punching the bartender at least that's like, why they should have done that the, like for half the first episode like talking about you know, the immediate reaction. Like, it should have mm. been more than just him being, like, the mom being, like, you know, it's over now. It's just, <laughs> like, what? Yeah, I know. That was a bit just odd. But I thought it was funny, though. Like, because, uh, again, we joked about him beating up the bartender. Like, I love how this show in the second season, like, like everything we joked about, like, these crazy, ridiculous things that would happen, actually freaking happen. And it's great. Like, it's one of those, like, moments where, like, you want to happen and it does happen. And it's kind of satisfying. Even if it does or doesn't make sense, it's still satisfying. But I think some most of it made sense. It's just I think the timing of it was a bit... Like, it works, but it doesn't work at the same time. Because, like you said, I would expect them to do that earlier. But at the same time, they were kind of playing this thing out that... Of course, he is a cuck, so I guess maybe he wouldn't do it at first. But they're playing it out that he's like, you know, he can't get really get over it. He keeps seeing the guy, and so he just kind of feels like he has to confront him. And, like, the, the scene where he pulls up with his car, he just pulls up. It's night out, and he pulls up. He's got this stern look on his face, and he turns over. I immediately thought, wait, he's going to beat the crap out of the guy. And it cuts, and you see the bartender. They're, like, smoking. I'm like, yes! He's going to do it! Yes! 
Like I was like dying with laughter. I'm like, oh my god, he's gonna do it! He's gonna beat him up! And then he just did. I was like, oh my god, this is so funny. Like I was like, laughing. That, like, that whole thing was just unrealistic too. Yeah, because like, like, the guy, if you go out there and punch a bartender in the face, like the bouncer is gonna kick your butt. Yeah. And like, he stops yeah, the bounce. He stops the bouncer and goes, "It's okay, man. I deserve that." I was like, "What?" Like, I, 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 like that's a very honest thing to say and a very noble, like for an unnoble person, a noble thing to kind of say, like that. Yeah, I kind of deserve that, but I still don't see that happening. Yeah, like that part was just kind of weird. Too and then like <clears throat> I don't know I just feel like this scene like this this whole season could have been divided into, they could have made like two seasons over this like time there's so much stuff that could have been developed more like the whole thing with the pothead girl you oh, know yeah. the whole thing with like uh, getting more used to the new school because you mostly just see the track team in there like and then like the the boyfriend of the one girl a busy <laughs> oh yeah. And then, like, you know, I'm kind of curious, like, they're going to have to do a third season, pretty much. Like, that's how it ended. Yeah. And I think they probably will, because a lot of people like this season, because they did a hell of a lot better job than the previous one. Yeah, but it's like, a lot better. what are they going to do? Like, because Sam's going to be in college, and what's the sister, what's, uh, you know, uh, Stacy or whatever. Casey. You know, Gracie, whatever. Casey. <laughs> Casey. Well, you know, what's Casey going to do? Like, how are they going to do this? Is Sam going to have his own, like, offshoot just about him? <laughs> He's going to have a spinoff. Like, how's that going to work out? And then, like, the whole thing's a therapist, too. Why does she still need to be in this one? Like, from the old one, they had the therapist in there, and she was, like, you know, she was kind of done. Yeah. Like, I don't know why they needed her, but then she came in there, and then, like, the the fiance and then she's gonna be a single mom now and it's like <laughs> oh they they, they stand in like that they kind of promote this oh you know single mom wonderful good yeah she's single like embracing good, it know? yeah she's like oh it's okay my husband's not gonna be here but i'm so happy about this i'm like why you shouldn't well, be there's husband, no father ex-fiance or whatever yeah yeah true. i don't think they're getting married yeah that's true uh, but you know, yeah, that was the one plot point that I think they could have cut from it and maybe focus more on Sam to balance it out. To, Cause he was pretty well focused, but you did have a lot more focus on the other characters, which was great. Cause I actually, I found like a lot of the plot points interesting and compelling. They were actually well, they pretty, were, you know, except there, this there therapist. There were other good ones too. Like that one where they were drinking, the parents were drinking at the one house and then, you know, they, they, they leave as the Asian kid. Oh, yeah. Like, stole money from Sam or whatever. Yeah. And, like, you know, they should have, like, did one with the parents because they were drinking. That would have been an interesting one. The parents got caught, like, drunk driving. <laughs> like, that would have been interesting because Sam was at the jail set. Like, he was in the jail at the time. Oh, yeah. And it would have been funny if the parents, if the, if the dad got there for drunk driving. And he's like, <laughs> Sam, what are you doing here? <laughs> that would have like, been see, funny. Done that, and it would have been, like, perfect. Yeah, it like been... that would have been a very interesting scene with that. And yeah. there was like an, you know, that whole thing, like with the, um, what you call it, with like Casey. Oh, what was it? I'm trying to go and think of it. Cause there, there's a couple others. There's another scene that they should have expanded on. I got, I'm trying to go and think of it. Uh -huh. Like the whole thing with the pothead girl. You know, she was barely in there. She was just kind of there. Are you talking about the the goth? Then, you know, oh, the goth girl. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. She's just so underdeveloped. Well, I think they, they would... should develop, you know, the, you know, the autism, like lover girl in that series. 
you mm. know, she they did a little bit more development with her. Like she's much more feminist in this one. Mm. That was more of a plot point, but mm. she could have done some more developing in there. And like that whole thing at the end with Sam and she like kind of flipped out and she was like screaming. And that's why she had no voice. Like they should have done a little bit more with on just her character development. Cause in the first season she was a lot more involved with it. And this one, she just kind of wasn't. And like Zahid, you know, <laughs> like they developed him a lot more, but like, you know, it would have been interesting if, cause there's a scene where like, uh, you know, Zahid was smoking weed at work. Mm. And he got in trouble once and he's getting in trouble again. But then Sam says he was smoking. I would have thought that would be funny as heck if <laughs> Sam actually takes a puff of it. And the no. guy's like, oh, I don't think you actually do this, you know, because he said it was like medical marijuana. Like, yeah, it would have been funny if the boss was like, Sam, I don't believe this is actually you doing it. If this is actually you, then go and smoke it. And <laughs> Sam actually does. Like, that would have been something funny. Hey, pulls an Elon Musk is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, that would have been funny if he would have done that in the series and then just, like, had that experience and going home to his dad and, like, going home to his parents, like, high or something. That would, that actually... would be a very interesting, like, that would have been a lot of interesting drama because, like, that was right around the time that the sister got in trouble for drinking alcohol. Oh, yeah. And then, like, he's, and then he would be smoking, you know, marijuana and he would have gotten in trouble for that. And that would be a whole plot point that they should have explored. That but would have been an interesting. That's didn't. an interesting idea. I have to admit that's mm -hmm. an interesting idea. I understood the purpose of it, you know, you know, which was to you know bring Sam and Zahid closer as friends that look out for each other, and that was good and all. But that would have been interesting to add that into the mix. You know, the aut autism on high. You know, like that would have been interesting. See how they deal with that and how they explain it to him and how they tell him not to do it and all that sort of stuff. That would have been interesting, but. Yeah, and watch him get an addiction. That would be that'd be really interesting. Watch him start like using his money to, because he got his bank account in that one. Watch him just like start spending it on, on drugs. Yeah, yeah, and, like, and, and, and then he, then the parents, you know, you know, when his money got stolen, like he tells his parents that like it got stolen, but they don't believe him. They think he's just spending it on pot, so he has to like persuade them. That would have been funny. But speaking of uh, the bully, I want a quick note that. When the feminist frequency girl just like freaks out and like, you know, screams at everybody for writing, you know, those mean things in Sam's yearbook, which doesn't really happen. I, I want to say that the people really don't do that to autistic people. And there were quite a few in my school. Like that just doesn't really happen. I, it could happen definitely. But, you know, uh, she why did she just find, suddenly start defending him? She was all stuck up like, oh, we're in a casual relationship. You're not good enough for me. But now she's all like, oh, I'm going to virtue signal how much I love autistic people and I love Sam and I'm going to like freak out so that I lose my voice. But she doesn't really virtue signal. I guess she actually didn't mean it, but like it just was inconsistent with her character at that current well, yeah, state. And he, and he was with the other girl at this time too. Like, yeah. Why? Like this whole thing was just strange because I thought she wouldn't care because she was, he was kind of with the other girl now. Right, exactly. You know? Exactly. That's what I thought. It just didn't make any sense with the timing. Like, I think they should have extended the time some more and have them kind of get back to, you know, some sort of thing in or like him break off with, uh, you know, hippie girl. Well, you know, so like, watch the hippie girl be one of the people who wrote that. That would have been interesting. Yeah. And then watch, like, uh, you know, the Hillary Clinton one and be in the hippie girl get into a bit of a kerfuffle. Yeah. Into a fight right before she's like graduating as a top one in the class that would have been a real 
Like they had a lot more interesting uh, potential plot points to this, which I feel they missed. But I still think it was a good season overall. Yeah, yeah, that's how I. That's a good sum up of it. Because yeah, I think it would have been more. You know, because that goth girl could have really taken her character to the next next level by you know instead of being quiet and just being you know trying to be edgy you know by dressing in black and smoking you know in the chem lab closet she could have stood up for sam and like freaked out these people that would have been good now how to tie into the fact you know to connect the because I, I can tell they wanted to connect the dot here they wanted you know sam to read the girl's uh speech which was a good idea and i'm not gonna lie somebody you know again who knows people of autism like that that gave me a little some feels like that you know it, i can understand you know like the crowd reaction was really genuine of you know the family being proud and all that like i like that uh that was really cool i mean that it was a cool idea but like that how they got there i don't agree with it would have been better if like the goth chick yeah got into like a fight with that girl and just like beat her up and so she couldn't give her speech maybe because she was all bloodied or something so she gives it to sam or something you know that would have been interesting but uh final note i will say uh because we're running out of time here is that god as you know as crazy as the casey character is going now she's like i i joke with you in season one like she's kind of relatable like especially for me in my current state but now she's really relatable like <laughs> jesus <laughs> man i'm like is are we in a simulation or something I mean, I'm not going to go into details and say specifically how she's relatable, but man. Oh, something. Yeah. What a show. Like, I I wish that third season would just drop now. I know it can. I know we got to wait a year. I think we, yeah, we, we, yeah, we waited a year year or two since the last one, but like, yeah, it's been a year. Yeah, it's been a year. That's right. It was last year, but oh. I, d- I genuinely kind of enjoy this show now because it was pretty addicting. It's not as cr- the fact they took the cringe out is what really helped with me. Um, but yeah. Oh man, that was something. Well, else. yeah, like see, that's the only thing. Like, what are they gonna do with it in the next season? True. It's gonna like because Sam's gonna be going off to this one college. I think where was this across state or something? It wasn't at home. Yeah, so it's they close just, by. Like, it's close by though. Like, is it just me back to Sam? Is he gonna be the main character, or are they gonna go and like break it up? Oh, he will something? be. I think. Like, it's... I just I have a hard time understanding how it's gonna be able to go and play out given the current situation. Well, without they're... like, unless he has his own like series, and then like the the rest of the family has their own, they break up into two different shows. No, the college he's going to is close by. It was like the college that was his first choice he was originally going to go to that was far away, but this one is close by, like his art school. Uh, and so they're going to start, you know, they're, the, th- the things they're going to play into now is his artistic ability, him adjusting to a new school, uh, and, you know, how he's balancing everything else with, you know, the cuck dad. It's going to be, you know, making a choice between the black chick and his wife, you know, you know, to be honest, I know it's a difficult decision for him. Cause like he, he thinks his wife's a piece of crap and unloyal, which she is. She's a thought, but now he's like, you know, is now going to, you know, think two wrongs make a right by going with the black chick, which is not going to help things. But then at the same time, you have the sister has to make a choice between the boyfriend or want to be girlfriend. And you know, it's, it's getting more complicated. Yeah, and the alcoholism. And yeah. the alcoholism. They they don't even really address that. She's gets like, you know, a couple of times. Like they need to go and like build that into its own thing. Yeah. But like, how close was the other school? Because I thought it was like it wasn't as far as the other one. But you know that I think is he still gonna be like living on a dorm? 
I don't know. I th I, th I think he might be living at home, but we'll we'll have to see because maybe he does go to school. He lives at a dorm, doesn't like, and has to move to another school. That might be what happens, but we will have to see. So I would recommend Atypical Season 2 if you want a little laugh. If you have people you know of autism, it will feel relatable. You know, it's... It's it's definitely like you know wade through the first season so you have all the background and get to the second season where it starts getting decent and just watch it. It's it's such a fun little show. I'm not gonna lie, it is kind of fun. Um, you know, even though the humor really doesn't hit it at many times, just you know, if you really have nothing else to watch and you want to watch a Netflix show, just watch Atypical. Uh, well, so no, it's I, pretty it's pretty interesting. I actually I I enjoyed it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I'd give it. I'd give this season like a seven point eight out of ten. Out of ten. Oh, now actually, I'm gonna raise up. I'm gonna give it an eight out of ten. I'm gonna be kind of generous. I'm gonna give it an eight out of ten. Yeah, I actually like you know once you start it, you can't stop. The other one would be like a six out of ten. I, I would give this one an eight out of ten as well. They could have, <coughs> they could have definitely improved some things, but all in all, I think it was well worth my time. Yeah, I agree. So I recommend it. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with more real news.